This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network. Phil Kornblut, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Let us be the first to wish you uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas if you're heading out somewhere. Happy Hanukkah for those of you who are celebrating Hanukkah, which began yesterday. So it's that time of year. It's the week of important things coming up. And then next week will be the week of the bowl game. So two more weeks to go before we get down to business with the bowl games next week in Florida with the Gamecocks and the Tigers Heading to Florida, and the Shauna Clears actually heading to uh, an even um, balmier location in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Chris Bergen is with us from the HTC Center at Coastal Carolina. He's got basketball tonight. Heck of a matchup. Coastal Carolina and the College of Charleston. Get a preview from him on that in just a moment. Busy weekend over at USC recruiting-wise. As the Gamecocks had a lot of people in, they got four commitments over the weekend. Maybe some others are pending. Well, at least, uh, what, there are, I think there are three hanging out there because at one point Beamer had seven unclaimed alerts and then four of them came forward. So I think there's still three out there between the 23 and the 24 classes. Of course, signing day is coming up on Wednesday. Looking forward to that, to seeing how everything unfolds. I think everything is pretty much in in place for Clemson. I think they've got their class together. They've got their commitments from their high school guys. And unless there's a, a transfer out there that they decide to take, they might be pretty well set. South Carolina's still working some guys like Lenora Sellers, for example, and a couple of other guys who are in this weekend. Got to keep an eye on Vakari Swain, one of their commitments who took an official visit to Colorado over the weekend. Deion Sanders going out and shaking the trees, right? Shaking things up a little bit since taking over there at Colorado. Even though he went 0-2 against the MEAC in the Celebration Bowl uh, in the two times that he got into that with uh, Jackson State. So we got all that to talk about. Congratulations to the South Carolina Shrine Bowl team. Great win on Saturday for them as they took care of business against North Carolina. And their stars did it. uh, They shined. Lenora Sellers at quarterback. And uh, Jarvis Green at running back in particular, uh, Tyler Brown at wide receiver. So those guys got it done. Always appreciate the great work of the Shrine Bowl team from South Carolina when they can get it done and beat the uh, Tar Heels. Basketball over the weekend, the uh, crazy Clemson basketball team. I mean, they're really good or they're really bad. (laughs) I mean, they just destroyed Richmond on Saturday. I didn't see that coming. And then there's the Gamecocks, and it's going to be a long season is all I got to say. Uh, It's already been a long season. It's only going to get longer when they get into SEC play. Based on how they have performed here recently, Georgetown notwithstanding, they got handled by East Carolina, slow start, tried to rally, couldn't catch up, and they take a a loss in Greenville. Love the idea. Furman got a win over Sam Houston State. Chris, I hope that event – 
uh, has some life to it. I, I love the idea of a basketball winter festival up in Greenville. If you've got South Carolina, Furman, and Clemson all involved, I, I think they can make something special of that. As, as far as the interest in basketball in our state goes that time of the year, maybe they can make something out of it. Phil, you know how I feel about uh, neutral site anything, but in, in terms of our state in particular, if there's a way to get the Gamecocks and the Tigers and you know, Wofford or Furman or the College of Charleston or Coastal or any of the other teams on the same floor at some point in time on the same day, I think it's only a win-win. I agree with you. I hope that that has some sticking power to it because I think it could blossom into something nice that the teams would look forward to and an opportunity for Furman to be on the same court and get maybe some of the fans who would normally watch Clemson and South Carolina to stick around and watch them. And I think it builds basketball here in our state. One thing about the Gamecocks, and you're right, slow starts. That's something Lamont Paris is going to have to address. This is a team that's played pretty well in the second half of games, but unfortunately they've been out of so many games by halftime it's not mattered. They've got to find a way to get off to better starts. I don't know how they do that, but if they're not going to address the problem they're having in the first 20 minutes, the back half of the ball game, the final 20 minutes aren't going to matter. And Gigi Jackson is playing about as well as you could have possibly have hoped for him, but he can't carry that team by himself. He needs some help, and they've got to find a way to do a much better job of starting ball games the way they're finishing games. Like I said, they play pretty well in the second half. They've just been miserable in the opening half of games. Yeah, absolutely. Meantime, the USC women continue to, I mean, it wasn't even funny what they did to Charleston Southern uh, Sunday up 35-6, to six, and they remain number one in the uh, AP women's basketball ranking. Now, Shane Beamer is having his call-in show tonight, and uh, we'll pass along any notes that he might share with his audience. One thing that has not been reported elsewhere that John Whittle wrote the other night at thebigspur.com, and he wrote that Dylan Wanham had not been practicing. Hopefully, Beamer will confirm this tonight. Dylan Wanham has not been practicing, and he, John Whittle, did not expect Wanham to be with the Gamecock football team for the bowl game. Instead, he's going ahead to start, you know, working on his preparation for the NFL, whatever that means when these guys opt out because they're preparing for the NFL. So that's another starter. The Gamecocks will be down against Notre Dame. So this team's basically going to be a shell of itself, Chris, by the time they get to Jacksonville. They, they better get them on the bus tonight and get on down to Jacksonville <laughs> Uh, I mean, think about it. They're going to be without their running backs. They're going to be without their tight ends. They're going to be without their starting right tackle. They're going to be without um, Josh Van. Is probably not going to play. Can't expect him to play coming off that injury. And um, I think Wells is there. I think he's going to play. And defensively, you know, they're down the starting nose guard, nose tackle, down defensive ends, uh, out with some safeties. A corner, both corners are gone. Um, I mean, how are they going? And you know one thing Notre Dame's going to do. They're going to line up and run the football, right? Don't you expect Notre Dame to come out like they did against Clemson, especially with their quarterback situation being a little bit iffy, especially with their star tight end gone, their top receiver. I would imagine they're going to load up and try and run the football behind that big offensive line. They would be fools not to, Phil. I mean, watching them and what they were able to do against the Clemson defensive front and just manhandle them up front for that ball game and dominate both lines of scrimmage, that's that has to be the game plan. 
starting quarterback out notwithstanding because they can run the football and their offensive line is as good as anyone in the country. But here's the bigger problem you have. If you're a Gamecock fan and you were so excited the way the season ended, you knocked off Tennessee, blew them out, embarrassed them at home, ended their chance to go to the college football playoff, and then you snap all those streaks against Clemson in the Tigers' opportunity to go to the college football playoff, and then you find out you're going to face Notre Dame in a Gator Bowl, mm. a bowl that you've been wanting to go to as a fan to watch your team play for years. And what are you watching? You're going down there to see a shell, as you pointed out, of your former team. And it's I, this is the problem we've got with bowl games. I don't know how you fix it. I, I just don't. But for the Gamecocks, I mean, if, if they lose by 20 points, is it because Notre Dame was that much better than them? Or Notre Dame's just better than South Carolina's basically JV team? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I just want to go back to what I've suggested before, and that is that a, a scholarship or whatever you sign with a team is – is a binding document, and you you're bound for that season for every game that they play, unless you are physically unable or academically unable to play. And if you don't, then I mean, you should have to give something back. You should have to give back a part a part of your scholarship or NIL money that they've paid you. Whatever, there's got to be some consequences. But until a coach stands up and makes a stink about it, instead of just accepting it as the way it is today which is how they do react to it, because I think they're scared of upsetting anything in recruiting. Anything that you say negatively about one of your players doing something will come back and be used against you in recruiting, and they're very concerned about that image. But, I mean, until a coach stands up with a spine and a backbone and said, this isn't right for a player to leave his team, you got plenty of time to prepare for the NFL draft. And, you know, then people bring up the injury aspect. Well, again, you can get hurt preparing for the NFL draft, uh, just about as much as you can playing in a game. I mean, I think the safest place to be is on the practice field with your team, don't you think? Um, oh, I mean, barring the freak injury where it just happens, and we see that happen, it happens. It's football. Freak injuries do happen. But by and large, you're not going through a lot of contact. You're under great supervision by your coaches and trainers. Uh, it would seem to me that would be the safest place to be. I would agree. And the other problem is you talked about coaches not wanting to call out players who don't show up or opt out of games because that may hurt them in recruiting. Let's assume for a moment Notre Dame blitzes South Carolina wins big. What's the first question Shane Beamer is going to be asked? How difficult was it for you to try and prepare for a team like Notre Dame with half your roster not available? What's he going to say? I mean, he should be able to come out and say, yeah, we didn't have our full team. Our full team would have performed much, much better. And at that point in time, how much momentum have you lost from the season? What does that affect you? Probably won't hurt in recruiting, I wouldn't think, because signing day is this week. But nonetheless, it's, it's just it's so watered down what it's done to the bowl season now. And uh, Gamecock fans and Tiger fans and anybody who's not playing in the college football playoff right now, not losing players, has got to be disappointed that they're not going to be able to see the team that ended the regular season playing these bowl games. Agree 100%. And again, we we we've thrown out ideas, suggestions, and uh, you know nothing is um, imminent as far as addressing this particular situation because <clears throat> I guess they don't see it as a particular situation. I guess they feel with the playoffs expanding here in a couple of years, now you're going to go from having four teams in the playoffs to having 24 teams in the playoffs. Okay, so. That's 24 out of 129 FBS teams making the playoffs, right? There's 129 FBS teams. 
24 of 129 making. And then, I mean, practically, if all those bowl games are still around, uh, practically everybody else is going to go to a bowl game. How are you going to fill out the bowl slate with only um, what's what's 129 minus that's 100? That's 105 teams left to fill out the rest of the bowl slate, and we've got roughly what 30 well, some, 30 something. The point is, you're going to have you're going to have to dip into teams with losing. How many eligible teams, you know, winning record teams will be there? to be able to fill those bowl slots unless unless, we, unless they start taking teams with losing records, just taking them regardless. Well, and, and not to dispute your point, but you've gotten it confused between the amount of teams versus the amount of games. They're not expanding by 24 teams. They're expanding to 12 teams. But but nonetheless. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, not, yeah, not 12 for, games. Yeah, yeah. At, at 12 teams. But nonetheless, you're still going to run in that. Well, heck, we've had it now. I mean, Rice played in a bowl game over the weekend. They were 5-7. and seven. How much further do we have to fall back? You're going to take four and eight teams, three and nine teams. I, I just I, the postseason in college football. It's, it's such a shame. You t- taking away the playoffs, but you've got the greatest regular season in all of sports, and probably the worst postseason in all of sports. Yeah, yeah. Guys, guys out of curiosity though, I'm just curious. So there's 42 bowl games, if I'm correct. I think it's 42 or 43 this year. We're really arguing over whether we should keep around games for five and seven teams to play in. Like, is it is this really worth advocating for? Like, what is more? No, we're, we're not. We're not advocating for it. But, you know, ESPN is going to keep their television slate. They're not going to cut bowl games because that's that's TV. That's TV outlets for them. That's outlets for games. Right. Sure. And that's audience for them. That's. I mean, you know as well as I do, Pat. That's the purpose these games exist. The, the Myrtle Beach Bowl is a ESPN event. It's owned by ESPN. Um, it's not really done for the people of Myrtle Beach, not really done for the fans of the two teams. I mean, Chris, you're there on campus. How many fans were at that game today? I did not go by the uh, stadium. I was asking some of the folks that had to work the game, obviously, today. They uh, estimated maybe ten to 12,000 in a, a stadium that seats just under twenty. Mm-hmm. So they, they felt like it was a really good crowd. And part of that is you got a team like Marshall, and for whatever reason, folks in West Virginia love South Carolina. They love the beaches. They love this area of our state. Who can blame them? We all do. But they come down here with great frequency. A couple of years ago, Marshall was in the uh, Myrtle Beach Invitational, the basketball tournament the Coastal host, and they had great crowds when they played. And I, I would bet, and again, only got to see a little bit of it on television and listen to some of it on the radio, but I would bet of those ten to 12,000, probably seven, 8,000 of them were Marshall fans. I wouldn't be surprised. They've always traveled well. Uh, they've always traveled well with their team, whether it's um, been football or basketball. So... Um, I'd be curious to see in five years, and we'd love, we'd love to hear just y'all's quick answer on this. In five years, let's flash forward, which do you think is going to be more likely for us to see? Uh, half at most of current bowl games or to see players being fined for opting out of bowl games? Mm. Yeah, that's correct. I don't know. I don't know what, dire- I don't, I don't know what direction it's going to move in. Yeah, I'll turn that around a little bit, Pat, because I like your thinking. I'm actually. I think we'll actually see in five years players being paid to stay and play in bowl games, okay. as opposed sure. to being fined for. I mean, like out getting a bonus, games. like getting yes. a bonus yep. for staying. Sort of an NIL uh, stipend. Yep, to come play in the bowl game. Sort of like coaches getting a bonus for mm-hmm. maybe like graduating their players, which should really be part of their job to begin with. Absolutely. <laughs> 
So, in other words, we're going to pay them to do what they should be doing to begin with. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That, <laughs> I mean, I hear you. It goes against uh, the common sense uh, meter, but, yeah, that, that wouldn't surprise me. All right, let's go to the break. Uh, when we come back, we'll get to your phone calls, 888-898-2525. Of course, going to have a huge recruiting uh, wrap-up for you tonight. Jerry Brown, the Shrine Bowl coach, will join us at 730 to talk about the week in Spartanburg and winning that game on Saturday and his thoughts about how all that went down. And um, outside of that, we'll just take your phone calls and kick around things. 888-898-2525 is the number. It's Sports Talk on a Monday after. Back in a moment. In Columbia, South Carolina, the game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue. We're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at secattle.org. Beef. It's What's for Dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Hi, I'm Jim Corbett. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years. There's one thing I've learned about injury cases. It's you need the personal touch. You need the lawyer to get to know you and describe your damages. You don't want a case manager talking to an insurance company and then talking to you and then talking to maybe to a lawyer with limited experience at the last minute to try to settle a case. I talk to you. I find out what your case is about. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com for your injury cases. We're with Major Billy Downer of DNR. Of course, hunting is very popular across the state of South Carolina, Major Downer. What things should our hunters be thinking about before they get out in the fields? It seems like every other show we're talking about hunting safety of some sort. Whether it's turkey season or deer season, hunters always need to be aware of the target. Make sure before you pull that trigger that you know what you're looking at. Whether it's a turkey during turkey season or a deer during deer season, you know your identifying features of your game. You know what's beyond that target in case you miss. Learn more about the great outdoors in South Carolina with Major Billy Downer on SC Wild here on the Sports Talk Media Network. Phone number 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number, here on Sports Talk. And since 2002, more than $999 million in lottery proceeds have been used to support K-12 through programs in South Carolina. Learn more about the South Carolina Education Lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash education wins. 
and playing for fun is a win for education. On his call-in show tonight, Shane Beamer, according to Ben Portnoy of the state, said that um, Josh Van is very, very, very doubtful, and Devonnie Reed is banged up, and we'll see. So I would expect, obviously, Van is out, and probably Reed as well, if you go by the uh, Beamer meter when it comes to describing the health of players when he uses words like that. Uh, I haven't seen them play, so I would say that those, those guys are probably out for South Carolina. So the uh, the list of absentees continues to grow. A recruiting note here, because it just came out, Cameron Robinson, a linebacker from Virginia who visited USC over the weekend, he's been a Virginia commit, tweeted out he's going to sign publicly at 6 o'clock on Wednesday. I'm sure he's going to sign earlier in the day, I would think. His tweet, he's uh, in a Virginia uniform from his visit to Virginia. So that might be an indication about what he's going to do. Uh, He was at South Carolina over the weekend for an official visit. But again, he sent out his tweet in a Virginia uniform. So we'll see what comes of that. We go to the phones and uh, Hank in uh, Cola Town. Welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? I'm doing fine, Corn. Yes, sir. Uh, Corn, I I think it's going to be – I know we want to all preach the narrative, but I think it's going to be an interesting game um, with South Carolina and Notre Dame. And I think that's why I still have them only as a three-point favorite because I went to the Notre Dame board as you were reading off that list of of folks that were going to be out for South Carolina. And in addition to those three first-rounders, they had another. They had a list of about another seven or eight guys that had been starters at some point during the year or had been the prominent players who were going to be out because of some injuries and stuff that had happened um, in, in the latter part of the season. Mm-hmm. So I, I think with South Carolina, uh, Pickens on defense, I think would really be the. Uh, the I think the defense will pretty much be intact other than Pickens because even with the corners out, uh, I was looking over at Notre Dame's sketch, they don't throw the ball pr- practically hardly at all. And, and that they that's uh, now with a freshman, they're going to try out, I think, a freshman or a redshirt freshman as the quarterback since their quarterback went into the portal. So, well, I'm not so uh, sure. I mean, maybe so, but I think the original starting quarterback, from what I had read last week, the original starting quarterback was back practicing. The guy that Drew Pine, by the way, Drew Pine is going to Arizona State. So why do you leave Notre Dame to go to Arizona State? But anyway, the the guy that was the original starter has been back practicing. At least he was early on, coming coming off his injury. And who knows? He could be he could be a guy that you're going to have to deal with there at quarterback for Notre Dame. Um, yeah, Tyler Buckner. Tyler Buckner, yeah, I believe it is. Him. They kind of mentioned him and the freshman, so I don't know if he just not that great of a quarterback or or what, because he had he had been back. But um, well, it's gonna be I, a, it's gonna be a game of secrets going in because I, I guess the Gamecocks will be in the dark about who will be Notre Dame's quarterback, and Notre Dame will be in the dark about who's going to be calling plays for South Carolina and what the Gamecocks are going to try and going to try and do. Buckner this year, he uh, played in two games. He was 28 of 50 in those two games, 378 yards, two interceptions, no touchdowns. 
Yeah, and um, that's why I think it's going to be interesting because if you look at it, um, if you look at um, South Carolina, you know, obviously with the running back situation, but basically what we've done the last – if South Carolina kind of goes in that same mode they went the last two games, they're basically going to go um, attack like they did Tennessee and Clemson through the air. And I think when they played Clemson, I watched that game. That was the biggest issue was that was one of those um, D.J. Lou Youngle non-throwing games. You know, he had games he threw well, and that mm-hmm. was one of them games where he was kind of all over the place. And I think they even tried – I tried the other guy, but he didn't fare well either. Well, I think it's going to be interesting. I think all teams are dealing with this right now. And all teams is, is kind of a – a toss-up in terms of when they get to the bowl game. Well, happen. let me say this. With Wanham not playing, I guess, in all likelihood, I mean, the Gamecock offensive line, which has not been great, but had gotten a little bit better, uh, that weakens them there at the right side. Be right back after the break. So in bowl games so far this bowl season, we've got Marshall beating UConn 28-14. That's gone final in Myrtle Beach. Louisville beat Cincinnati 24-7. Both teams, you know, with new head coaches. One coming from Louisville to go to Cincinnati. Oregon State blasted Florida (laughs) 30-3. Hello, Billy Napier. By the way, now a lot of talk about Grayson McCall looking hard at Florida for his stop. I feel like somebody on our show might have thrown that out there a week or two ago. Who was that? Was that you? Yeah, sorry. Humble brag. But yeah. No, it's okay. You can brag on yourself if you're right. I thought that, that would be great. And I'll also, you know what, come down on myself because I was also wrong. I threw two schools out there. I threw Florida and Nebraska. But when I said Nebraska, I meant Wisconsin. I was just thinking I would love to see him running that what had been previously North Carolina offense, I just think that he would fit into that mm. into that perfectly. And, of course, that offensive coordinator, I mistakenly said Nebraska, but he that's where Satterfield went. He, of course, is at Wisconsin. Right. Hey, look, we all misspeak. I just said we had 24 teams in the playoffs coming up instead of 12. I don't know where I got off on 24, how I got it confused with 12 games versus 12 teams. Imagine if 24 but, teams were in the playoff and you were ranked number 25. You're oh, the only one out. You'd be complaining about that for sure. All right, what else do we have? We've got um, Fresno State beat Washington State 29-6. to The Pac-12, they're just – or 10 or 8 or whatever they are. They're, they're awful. Southern Miss beat Rice 38-24. Uh, Boise over North Texas 35-32. UAB beat Miami of Ohio 24-20, and Troy beat uh, Texas San Antonio 18-12. So that's what we've had so far in the bowl season. Uh, Things will start picking up in the days to come. And uh, NFL tonight, Packers are in action in Green Bay against the Rams. Speaking as a a, owner of the team and a Packer fan, still got a chance. Just got to win them all. Got to get to nine wins. I think if you can get to nine wins, you'll have a chance to make the playoffs. Of course, you're going to need some help. Could have used the Lions losing yesterday to the Jets. The Jet, You know, when you have to depend on the Jets to help you out, 
you're in a bad place. You're in a bad place. Um, but Packers are going to have to win out to get to nine and give themselves a chance. Got to start tonight. I was in Chicago over the weekend. When I left this morning, it was 13 degrees, and they have got a major winter storm coming in in the next two days. And you know if it was 13 in Chicago this morning, you know what it is in Green Bay, right? It's got to be single digits. In fact, I'm going to look that up. I'm hoping it's freezing, tundra-like cold there in Green Bay for the Rams, those um, softies from L.A., and they get them out there in the, in the cold. And uh, anything that will help the Packers, I'll be in favor of uh, tonight. Uh, all right, let's get back to um, our phone calls, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number here on Sports Talk. Uh, let me double-check and see if there was anything else uttered by Beamer. I think he said he must have acknowledged that um, Dylan Wanham is not playing because we got a message. Let's see. We got a message from one of our listeners online, and he shared a comment with us. Yeah, Eddie. He said, um, truly sad that we are without starting running back, no van, and Beamer just said tight ends, right tackle, defensive safeties, nose guard, etc. So sad to win last two games and then be a shell of yourself. So apparently Beamer's acknowledging that Dylan Wanham is not going to be in the bowl game either. Uh, let's go to Andy in Columbia. Got the old reliables, the old standbys checking in with us on this Monday night. Andy, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? Hey, Corn, Pat, Chris. Um, well, now, number one, Corn. Mm. if your terrible Packers didn't lose to my terrible Jets, you wouldn't have to worry about anything. But it's 14 hard. degrees in Green Bay right now. I don't care what it is in Green Bay. 14 degrees. Hang on. I want to see how cold it's going to get. Uh, as a, uh, Why is it giving me a graph? Give me a temperature. Um, it's going to be like under 10 degrees as this well, game plays on tonight. On the Iowasa, it doesn't matter what the temperature is. With him doing what? Iowasa. The stuff he went to Peru to do. Oh. The hallucinogenic. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's what it is. That's what he went to Peru for. He didn't go to Peru just like for a vacation and a suntan? He went to find himself in his own mental frame, and you saw what it brought him back. Supposedly it made him a better teammate, a better lover. Well, we know the better teammate sure doesn't <laughs> okay. work out. I don't care the about the lover, lover part. I do want. We know the better lover. I do care about the uh, the better teammate. He broke up with his girlfriend or whoever he went down there with. So, you know. Well, tonight yeah. in Green Bay, just in case you're wondering, and it's fun watching games in Green Bay when it's cold. So at eight o'clock kickoff, it's going to be 17 degrees, and then at nine o'clock, going to have a feel like temperature of 12, and then 14, and then by 11 o'clock back to 12. So a little corn, heat wave is moving through there for an hour. Well, corn Saturday here is going to be a wind chill temperature of zero to ten degrees. So you know, where at here in Columbia, South Carolina? Yes, sir. Bring it. That's what they're saying. I'm ready for With it, man. Chill, I'm ready for it. I'm after being in Chicago over the weekend. I'm ready for it. I can handle the cold. I'm cold natured. I'm I'm cold blooded. I'm ready for it. You know what? I finally realized that I'm really old corn. When I see Frank Gore's son, Frank Gore Jr., rushing for 300-and-something yards mm. this weekend, I'm like, oh, my God, that, he's got a son that old that can be out there playing? I mean, holy moly. He threw a touchdown, okay, we'll, too. 
Yeah, the real reason I called is this. Regarding the bowl games, I think what's going to need to happen is this. Forget these little bowl gift baggies, bags you get with the gifts in it. It needs to start becoming bags with cash in it. And they're going to have to do a tier type of system so that they know how much money they can give to what player. That the upper level players are going to have to receive more money from these bowls than some Joe Schmo who's the guy who sits there and sits next to the Gatorade bucket all day long. Who's going to set the market for that? The um, I, I believe I would take the bowl um, spot, the bowl organizations and let them set the tiers on the players. Yeah, but I mean the player will set the market. If, if, for example, let's just use Spencer Rattler for example. Okay, right, well, so the Gator Bowl. Money, he, if the Gator Bowl says, offer. "Okay, we'll give you five thousand dollars to play in this game," and he says, "Well, that's not enough," you know, I'm gonna go ahead and go to the NFL. All right, hang on, say we'll give you we'll give you ten thousand. Ah, that's not enough. All right, we'll give you twenty five thousand. Okay, I'll play the game for twenty five thousand. All right, now yeah. your market is set. So, what's uh, what what you going to pay um, Clubnick at Clemson to play in the Orange Bowl, an, an even bigger bowl game? You know, I mean, the point is, well, how do you, you know, every, un, unless there's some kind of contractual obligation that ties the player and forces them to play in the game, you can't make them play in the game. That's why I'm saying you got to give them a bag of cash. You got to do the ton of stuff. Yeah, but I mean, again, it goes back to how much you're going to pay. You're going to pay $100,000 to the quarterback, $50,000 to the wide receiver, $75,000 to the running back? Corn, if the sponsors of the bowl games want to get people to view them, they're going to have to up cash instead of these dumb presents they give, beats, headsets, this, that, you know, the little you know they get some money they get sometimes charge cards they can go out to go spend wherever target whatever they're gonna have to stop doing that they're gonna have to start giving cash cash money plain and simple that's what talks you know that's what's gonna do it um another thing i saw that the uh football hall of fame list came out um finalist yeah the south carolina football hall yeah. of fame list of finalists did come out. I'm glad you mentioned that because I want to go over that when I have a second. Am I a little off here, but why is Lou Holtz in the mix? Because it's a nomination and he had enough people nominate him and then vote. Remember, there's an early round of voting where you have a long list and, you know, people vote. It's open for anybody who's a member of the Hall of Fame or a fan you just go sign up, give them your email, sign up, and you can vote. They encourage fans to vote. And so from that process, they whittle it down to this list that you mentioned. And from this list, yep. you vote on the winner. So the, the fans vote through the whole list. Is that correct is what you're saying? That's correct. Fans mm-hmm. yeah. now will vote on the fi- from the finalists. That's correct. In fact, I voted, okay. I voted today on the plane before the plane took off. Okay. Now, in my opinion, I'd rather see Joe, Joe Mo, than Lou Holtz in there. I mean, that's just my opinion. But you know, the well, one that I'd really like to see—I I can't believe Brad Edwards isn't in the Hall of Fame. Stock on the Hall of Fame. Football well, Hall of Fame. Well, I mean, he, like he's—he's he's on the—he's on the list now. He's on the finalist list now. Right. I know. He's one that you can I vote for. I can't believe he—he he hasn't already been on. It. Yeah. Already been, you know, in there. And I'd like to see Corey get in there this year. It'd be good for him to hit both in the same year, the state and the actual university. Well, since you mentioned it, 
since you mentioned it, I will go over the list now. And thank you for calling, and have a uh, happy Hanukkah and a very nice yeah. holiday season. Yeah, happy Hanukkah to you and your family too, Corn, and um, everybody else have a very, I'm sure I'll call back again before the end of the week, but yeah. have a very wonderful holiday experience. I think we'll have room for you, so feel free to call in. Appreciate that. So we have the finalists here, as Andy uh, brought up to give me a second, and they have uh, two groups. Now, the big group of the uh, more recent players, and then they have the group of the um, the the older guys um, who have who've not gotten in. Who you can vote in a separate category. So let me see if I can find see if I can find this list here. Um, Mm, let's see. Let's see. The, you can also vote for the player of the year. The um, that they that what they call the South Carolina Heisman. Um, so hang on with me here for a second. If I can put my eyes on this thing. Phone number triple eight eight nine eight two five two five. South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. All right, I, I'll read it off. This I was trying to find the actual release that have the list, but I'll read it off this uh, the website. So you've got Terry Allen. These are the finalists. You have um, you have Terry Allen from Clemson. You have former Wofford coach Mike Ayers. You have former Clemson lineman Joe Bostick, former Gamecock defensive back Sheldon Brown. You have Troy Brown from Barnwell, Dexter Copley from Mount Pleasant, Ben Coates from Greenwood. These are guys that played college football outside the state. Uh, Woody Dantzler, from Clemson, Sam Davis from Allen, uh, Brad Edwards from South Carolina, Ricky Foggy from Lawrence, John Gilliam from State, Albert Hainsworth from Hartsville, Lou Holtz from USC, Stanford Jennings from Furman. You have um, Terry Kennard from Clemson, Joe Morrison from USC, Marion Motley. See, that should be a no-brainer. Uh, he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So you would think he'd be in the state of South Carolina Football Hall of Fame, right? Marion Motley from State, Corey Miller from USC, Sidney Rice from USC, Tony Rice from Woodruff, Brian Ruff from the Citadel, Clyde Simmons Jr. from Lane, South Carolina, uh, Tiger C.J. Spiller, and Tiger Jim Stuckey. So those are your, your finalists, class of 2022 finalists. The voting uh, will end... January 10th, you can vote at scfootballhof.org, scfootballhof.org. Get your vote in by January the 10th. Okay, we're going to hit the break here on Sports Talk. Coming up in our next hour, Jerry Brown, coach of the Sandlappers, successful Shrine Bowl Sandlapper team this year. And we're also going to be joined by one of the new commitments For the Gamecocks, I think one of the best stories in recruiting this year, and that is the Gamecocks getting Mario Anderson Jr. transfer from Newberry, stepping up to the SEC. He'll join us. Score a touchdown with Founders Federal Credit Union. With services like Founders Online and the Founders app, you'll enjoy all the perks of a big bank with local personalized service. Not a member? Joining Founders Federal Credit Union is easy. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Relax with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. 
If an insurance company is there to sell you insurance, shouldn't it also be there to service it with real people? At Farm Bureau Insurance, we're here to help with experienced agents ready to provide personal service when you need it most. Call today for your free no-obligation review for auto, home, and life insurance that's custom-tailored just for you. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, Buddy Bridges and Farm Bureau Insurance have the right policy for you. Call Buddy today in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. South Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Casualty Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Thank you. Thank you for world-traveling rocket scientists, for tires bigger than your grandma's house, for 3D printing research, for artists in residency, Thank you for all the things that take us to the next level. Thank you for playing the lottery, for funding scholarships, for funding grants, for funding innovation in this state. Thank you, the South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. We are back on Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network, here on a Monday night. Great to have you with us. We kick off a full week of Sports Talk. No off nights because Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, that's on the weekend. So we got Sports Talk. Sorry about that, Pat. We got Sports Talk every night this week. And you know what? Same thing next week. The good thing is, Pat, you can get out and party on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. You won't have Sports Talk to worry about. We'll be on the road next week with the bowl games. I'll be in Fort Lauderdale, and Smitty will be in Jacksonville, and Chris will be in Birmingham. Who got the short the short straw there, would you say? I'd say Bergie going to Birmingham. Sounds I'd- like me not being in Miami. <laughs> working, on my, working on my freckles. Well, you know, you got to go to uh, – what was your best trip? You're going to go to Notre Dame until – uh, a little illness got in the Dang way. COVID, yeah. Uh, Boston College. Boston was good. You that got to go fun. to Boston. That was a good trip. So much good clam chowder. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Uh, if you want to join us, 888-898-2525. I know this time of the year, a little slow on the phones. Understand that. But if you'd like to jump in, comment or question, observation about anything, uh, we are wide open. So feel free to give us a call. Now, a little bit after 7 o'clock. We're going to talk to Mario Anderson Jr., who committed to South Carolina publicly yesterday. I think this is a great story. Young man from Stratford High School. He goes to Newberry. He lights it up at Newberry. And now he's going to South Carolina as a transfer. And, uh, you know, whether you like the transfer deal or not. Again, I've never been against transfers. There's always been transfers. You know, that's that's nothing new. But you had to sit out a year before you could transfer, and that sort of kept things in line a little bit. Uh, with this current system, you know, it's it's a little bit, it's a lot out of whack because you know players are just leaving, and there's more, there's going to be more players in the transfer portal than there will be spots available for them. So you know, you run the risk there. But in this case, you know, he's getting a chance to move up from Division Two to the SEC. I think that's a that's a terrific story. And, you know, a guy that wasn't heavily recruited coming out of high school. So we'll talk with him coming up a little bit after 7 o'clock. And then 
Dr. Jerry Brown, coach of the Sandlapper football team that won the Shrine Bowl on Saturday. He'll join us 7.30 to uh, talk about that win and what he thought about his team's performance and what it means to him to uh, get that victory. Uh, what else we got for you here? Furman's uh, Ryan Miller named an FCS All-American, and uh, justifiably so. What a great season he had for them. And he is uh, moving on to the NFL. So he was named a, a Division One Football Championship Division All-American by the Athletics Directors Association. And that was announced today. And, um, of course, he had a, a great year, as I mentioned, uh, catching the football. I think he had like uh, 70-something catches. Here we go, 72 catches, 762 yards, school season record, 12 touchdowns. And uh, he'll get a chance with some NFL team, no question about it. Former Clemson cornerback Fred Davis announced a commitment to um, UCF today. So he's headed there. And I imagine the lawsuit against him stemming from that uh, traffic accident a couple years ago is going to follow him uh, back to Florida. He's from Florida. Imagine that will still be hanging over him as he goes to um, to UCF. So we'll see what happens there. I, I think that's a case where, you know, the uh, recruiting websites made him out to be such a, a, a great prospect and a and supposedly a great player, and it never panned out at Clemson for whatever reason. I don't think he ever reached the um, the the potential that was expected for him. Stuff, you know, off the field, of course, holding him back here at the very end. But um, just don't think he was that shutdown corner that he was projected to be. That's why, you know, you take ratings with a grain of salt with a, with a lot of these guys because um, – they don't pan out. A lot of them do, but a lot of them don't. This was one I don't think that panned out to the satisfaction of uh, Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson coaching staff. Uh, after the break, we will have um, our recruiting report for you as well and catch you up on uh, what happened over the weekend. And uh, let's see what else we've got for you. Oh, uh, former Clemson linebacker Levanta Bentley is transferring to Colorado. So uh, Deion Sanders picking up, I think, a pretty good player. In, in Bentley, he had flashes when he was uh, with Clemson. I was a little surprised that he decided to uh, up and depart the premises. Speaking of transferring, our poll question of the week is uh, – give me just a second here because uh, I just tweeted something and it changed my page. Poll question of the week is, tis the season. You like that? Tied it into the holidays. Love it. Tis the season to transfer in college football. In your opinion, what's the primary reason a player will transfer? That fourth place participant right now is just staring at me. Academics with less than 1% of the vote. Seven-tenths of 1% of the vote. 272 votes are in. What do you think is the primary reason today that a player will transfer? Uh, 58.8% say NIL opportunities. Seems accurate, yeah. Mm -hmm. That and playing time. 37.8% say playing time. And 2.6% say a coaching change. That seems low, but who knows? That, they're right, though. Playing time and NIL seem to be the overwhelming favorite right now in reason. 0.7% academics, which is, you know, the, the fact that the colleges, college athletics have just lost their, their course 
for what they were set out to be, right? They were supposed to, you know, set up to be and, and had been and, and should be connected to the academic side of what you're trying to accomplish. But um, that seems to be forgotten now as, as things have, have moved on. Uh, let's see what else we've got for you here before we hit the top of the hour break. Uh, got one note for you while you're mm-hmm. looking there, yeah. Phil. And yeah. uh, you mentioned you were going to get to recruiting next hour. Mm-hmm. You may have already seen this, but one more thing I'll make sure to keep an eye out on, on my side. Former Gamecock commit and recent decommit offensive lineman Oluwatosin Babalade uh, tweeted out today that he had some news for people tomorrow uh, saying he had an announcement he was going to make on Instagram. But then this afternoon he tweeted again saying that he uh, – if people would help get him to 4,000 followers, that he would drop the news tonight at 7. So that seems to be a hint that he may be announcing his new commitment tonight at 7 o'clock. So coming up here in just a few minutes, we'll make sure during the break to keep an eye on that and see. Mm. Seems like it's come down to a uh, a two-person race between the Gamecocks or the Terrapins of Maryland. Yeah, is he going to be renewing his vows with the Gamecocks or – changing his vows to Maryland. We'll keep a watch on that. Uh, Coastal Carolina defensive end Josiah Stewart transferring to Michigan. Coastal Carolina offensive lineman Willie Lampkin transferring to North Carolina. And uh, Pete uh, Themmel is putting uh, Coastal's new coaching staff together one tweet at a time. Uh, Tim Beck expected to retain Josh Miller, outside linebacker and special teams coach. And also, he said Coastal's expected to retain Derek Warham as offensive line coach, Chris Proctor in an uh, undetermined role, and Perry Parks, the former um, coach at Ridgeview who had been at Charlotte, a Coastal grad, says here is going to go back there to coach the wide receivers. Okay, we'll be back. Top of the hour break. Welcome back to Sports Talk. On the Sports Talk Media Network, you can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Sports Talk on this Monday night across the state of South Carolina. Phil Kornblut and Pat Daniel. With you now, we are at our Dave & Buster's studios here in downtown Columbia. Chris Bergen off calling Coastal Carolina basketball tonight. Don't forget about Dave & Buster's. We'll be there Wednesday night in Columbia, the Dave & Buster's in Columbia, which will be National Signing Day night for this year. And just like you, we go to Dave & Buster's to eat, drink, play, and catch all the big games all season long. Dave & Buster's in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Of course, um, with everything else going on this week, it is National Signing Week. Wednesday will be the first day of the early signing period. Of course, there's another signing period in February, and there'll be some people waiting until then to make decisions and sign on the dotted line, but most everybody is uh, getting it done now. And one of those joins us live here on Sports Talk. I think this is a great story. That's why I reached out to him about joining us on the program tonight because he's got a a great story to tell. Mario Anderson Jr., who was a Division II All-American at Newberry after a standout career at Stratford High School, 
Now he's going to get the chance to step up to the SEC level as he committed to South Carolina publicly yesterday. Mario joins us here on Sports Talk. And welcome in, Mario. It's great to have you with us. How are you? I'm doing good. How y'all doing today? We are doing great. Thank you for joining us tonight. Happy holidays to you. I imagine your holidays got a lot happier yesterday when you went public with your commitment to South Carolina. Uh, yes, sir. Thank y'all for giving me the opportunity to speak and um, give me the opportunity to be on the show and everything. Um, but yes, sir, everything has been um, going crazy lately. But, you know, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. How did it feel for you when you met with the Gamecocks? You went in for a visit on Friday. You got the offer. You talked to Shane Beamer and Ontario Hardesty. And at some point in there, or maybe shortly after, you made the decision. You knew you were going to go to South Carolina to the SEC. What What were your emotions like at that time? Um, you know, my emotions. It, it was like I said, it was a blessing because I'm I'm blessed to be able to have this opportunity that a small percentage of people in the world is able to have but I was very excited you know after seeing everything and talking to everyone you know I was ready to go um I was really fired up to get to know everybody and really start start something new when you were having the great year at Newberry and running up 1500 yards and you guys were having another great season you should have been in the D2 playoffs no question about that that was unfortunate that didn't happen I know you were focused on the task at hand but I mean, did you did you start to think to yourself, you know, I can do this, I can step up to an SEC, ACC level and be just as successful? I mean, you know, once you have the confidence to want to bet on yourself, you know, who, who wouldn't want to be able to do that? But at the time when I was playing, um, I was focused on Newberry College and everything that I had going on at Newberry um, every week with my, with my uh, brothers out there. But um, – after the season, after talking about family and everything, that's when, you know, I made I decided to make that jump and, you know, bet on myself, really. So give us some of the background on how it got to be South Carolina for you. Um, Really? Talking about when I went on the visit? Well, leading up to that, how the contact was made and how things developed from that point to where – you ended up there. I guess you put your name in the transfer portal, and then things went on from there. Yes, sir. Um, so once I put my name in the transfer portal, um, it was a few days. I put my name in the portal like a Monday. I want to say like a Wednesday or so. Um, I heard from Coach Mo. Um, he texted me, asked me was I in the portal and everything, and I told him yes, sir. And I got his number, and we got on the phone. It was a it was an immediate connection. I felt like um, he reviewed my film, said how much he liked my game, what I brought to the table. But he also critiqued me and said that what he could do to adjust my game and how he could tweak a few things to help me be a more successful back, not only in the SEC, but as a running back as a whole, because he's been in the position that I'm going to be in. Um, he's he's done it at a very high level. Coach Mo is very smart. He's very informative. And um, well, with, with that, he just, he just let me know. And at that moment in time, I knew that Coach Mo was very genuine and what he was saying, very pure. And, um, you know, I just wanted to get to work with him. What did he say he liked most about your game, and what did he say that he can do to improve your game and, and help you be successful in the SEC at South Carolina? Um, he said he liked my run style, most importantly. Um, I kind of told him I remind, I think um, I have an unorthodox running style in today's running back game because I bring – 
more so of a old school style to my play. Um, I can hit you with power. I can hit you with speed, and that's the stuff that he liked. But he also said I have a, a, a good bit of swag in my play, and that's what he liked about me. Um, what he said he can tweak on, you know, he said he can help me with my pla- my pass blocking, help me um, fix that a little bit more, and just being able to hit different cuts and stuff. Um, and really just stuff like that to overall make me an all-around back instead of just a running back. Would you say you are a better runner between the tackles or are you a better runner getting outside in space? I can do it all, um, and I love to do it all. Just give you the give you the football and give you some blocking. Yes, sir. What about the other parts of being a running back? You talked about pass blocking. How much do you have to improve there? What about catching the ball out of the backfield? Um, I have I have hands. Um, I can catch, but I wasn't utilized to be able to catch like that out the backfield. So I don't say it will be a challenge as to me catching the ball, but just getting adjusted to not only carrying the ball, well, I will have to get adjusted to um, being more so in open space uh, to help in the pass game. Um, and just me blocking, I think just because the competition is going to be a bit bigger and faster, um, I'm just going to have to adjust to that with my blocking, how my feet work set up, how I punch and everything, and I know Coach Mo is going to get me right with that. Do you believe football is football? And, I mean, you know, you played at one of the smallest schools in the country that plays uh, scholarship football at Newberry, and uh, and now you're stepping up into the biggest arena in college football in the SEC. Uh, does that intimidate you at all, or is, or is football just football? No, sir, it do not intimidate me at all because, um, like I told everyone, I, I come to work, um, but – just because someone played D2, D3, NAIA, um, there's a lot of dogs in those conferences. Um, I play, I played against a lot of considered D1 competition at the D2 level. Um, it may have not been with the 90,000 people in the stands, in the stadium, or just the all-around, everyone being two times bigger. But um, I believe if you put in the work and you show – people wrong then that's just what's going to happen talking with mario anderson jr do you go by the full mario anderson jr or do we drop the junior uh you can go by junior you can say junior just junior mario yes, jr so huh? yeah you can say mario anderson jr <laughs> now coming out of high school at stratford um you were a really good running back i remember but your recruiting was not big time you ended up going to newberry i know south carolina reached out to you some back then what were some of the things going on with you from a recruiting standpoint back then? What were people missing on that they later discovered? Um, really, I, I don't know. I think my size was a big thing. Um, I'm not the biggest back at the time. I was about 5'7", uh, 175, 180, around that. Um, uh, but I was more so of a speed guy. I ran track, so I, I was a slimmer back. But, you know, I wasn't the prototypical big bruising back that everyone sees now. So I think that's one of the things that um, people might have looked past. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, all well, that ends well. And what does it mean for you and for your family to now be at this point and considering the road you had to travel to get to this point? from where you started coming out of Stratford High School 
to have you know you now in a position to be playing at South Carolina in the SEC to kind of represent where you came from? Um, it's, it's a humbling experience for sure because of my testimony, my story, what I've been through to get to this point right now. Um, you know, a lot of people if they was in my position in my shoes, a lot of people would have folded, and I've seen a lot of people fold, but being able to meet my trouble squarely face-to-face, um, it helped me a lot. Um, my family, they're excited because um, Newberry was considered down the road as well, but you know I'm a little bit closer to home, um, and my family is very pumped and excited to be at Willie B, supporting not only me but my future teammates, and, you know, we're ready to get this thing rocking. Yeah. What do you think of the running back room you'll be stepping into, uh, considering that uh, Marshawn Lloyd is gone, uh, Christian Bill Smith uh, will be gone? Um, there's only one other running back right now. I, if my, my, if my memory's right, one other running back in the class with you right now. Um, you see some some instant opportunity for you there if you take care of your business that you can um, be an immediate factor. Man, first and foremost, all of those guys. I stepped into the running back room. And every single one of those guys has something special about them. You know, they wouldn't be in the SEC if they didn't, you know. But they're, they're very um, – you got one that's quick. You got one that's power. You got one that's all around. Like, everyone has their has their niche, you know. And it's a competitive nature, you know. So, um, I believe that, you know, not only are they going to push me, but I'm going to push them. And it's just going to be a competitive nature of love. But in day, we are teammates. So, um any and all opportunity will be seized, and that's just how it is. Are you a uh, contributor in the return game as well? Were you at Newberry in the kickoff game or the punt return game? No, sir, I was not. But I'm in. I'm open to any and all opportunities. So if that is me being in the return game, then I will do that. All right. Last thing, what's your what's your thoughts on Shane Beamer? Um, giving you this opportunity when, of course, they could look at guys coming from bigger schools as transfers or continue to recruit guys out of high school. But what do you think he saw in you? What did you see in him? How did you guys connect in terms of your your relationship when you got together? Um, when we first um, seen each other in person, um, the very first thing is funny because the very first thing, I didn't think he really knew my face like that. But when he seen me um, – he was eating something, and he instantly went to go wipe his hand off and shake my hand, look me in my eye as a man. And, you know, that, that speaks a lot of volume. That speaks character on his part. I believe Coach Beamer is very genuine. Um, and But I also know that he means business as well. And that's the biggest thing. Um, I, I appreciate that. I like that. Um, he, 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 he means business. And by the same time, he's very um, pure in what he says and everything. And I feel as though me and him have a very – good connection off jump so what is your do you with the transfer deal do you have to sign some paperwork or do you just show up in january what's what do they lay out there for you as a transfer um i believe i just say i committed i signed a few things especially dealing with academic side of things Mm -hmm. and then um once all of that is cleared and i've done what I need to do on my end and they need and they done what they did on their end then you know I I move in because I'm moving in January to get ready for spring yeah how many years of eligibility I have two years two years to play two 
Yes, sir. All right, sir. Mario, thank you so much for joining us. I, I was always intrigued about your situation once you popped up in the portal and things started uh, percolating between you and South Carolina. I thought to myself, Newberry to South Carolina, that's a that's a pretty big step, but uh, you're going to make it, uh, and, and you're going to take advantage of this opportunity, I have a feeling. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations. Have a great holiday, and look forward to seeing you in Columbia. Yes, sir. Thank you for giving me the opportunity again. Y'all have a good one, and uh, have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. You too, sir. Thank you very much. Okay, there you go. Mario Anderson, Jr., going to be toting the rock for South Carolina this coming season, and I wouldn't sell him short. I know a lot of people probably say, hey, you know, he's coming from Newberry and small school and all that kind of stuff, but those guys have um, – Sometimes they have a little extra something on the shoulder, you know, a little extra chip on the shoulder that uh, they play with, a little extra giddy-up. And uh, I remember talking with Coach Knight whenever we'd go over there and visit with Newberry, and he raved about him, of course. He was such a good player for them the last two years carrying the football. Big reason why they were so successful, why they were a uh, a back-to-back South Atlantic Conference champion and should have been in the playoffs this year. Of course, made the playoffs last year, won a playoff game last year. So congratulations to him and look forward to seeing him take that next step with the Gamecocks. Okay, we got to hit a break here on Sports Talk, and we will continue in just a moment. Dive into that recruiting report. Uh, Jerry Brown coming up at the bottom of the hour. The Shrine Bowl coach celebrating a win for the Sand Lappers. Always good for the Sand Lappers to get a W. We'll talk with him about that and have a bunch more for you on this Monday edition of Sports Talk. We're coming back in just a moment. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's What's for Dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's, where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit playresponsiblysc.com. All 
right. Thanks to uh, Super Mario. Super Mario. Super Mario for joining us. I think that'll be his nickname at South Carolina. I have a feeling that'll end up on a T-shirt or something, don't you? I'd imagine so. And, and inside Williams, Bryce, we may hear the, the Mario theme song here and there. Which is what? <laughs> you really want me to hum it on there? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't even know what it is. Now, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to embarrass myself. No, you're doing fine. I mean, but you're, I, you're yes. talking about something I don't recognize. Sounds like some good NIL opportunities. I don't mm-hmm. know how involved Nintendo uh, would be with, with American football. But, hey, you never know. If there's a way to spin it. I hope he has that oh, well, song. Amer- Amer- is there any other kind of football besides American football? You said American football. Is there anything other than American football? Football's American, right? The World Cup is over, so I no longer need to pretend that there is. So, no, it's just American football. The World Cup. Did that end yesterday? God, that final <laughs> for, was fantastic, though. I know you're not a soccer <laughs> I guy. I did watch I the it. last five normally, minutes. I did I did catch the last five minutes. That was one of the most exciting was it? games of any sport I've watched. And I, I, I will admit, I am not a big soccer guy. never have been. Mm. I thought it was incredibly boring to try to play as a kid. But that had me on the edge of my seat. I was watching it with friends, and we were all on the edge of our seat the entire, especially whole second half, and then extra time, and then into penalty kicks. That was just fantastic. Well, why does soccer keep it a secret, like how much extra time you're going to have Like when they're coming up on the end of the game? They don't tell you how much extra time, right? All of a sudden, I think a n- number pops up on the screen. I don't know. But here's the thought I did have. So they played regulation and extra time, and then they played two overtime periods, right? Nobody scored. Uh, and then they go to this uh, shootout, right? where it's a different guy against the goalie, and uh, and that's how they won Argentina, which is kind of a cheap way to win it when you, you know, don't you think you should just play it out? But anyway, I was thinking, shouldn't the NFL, instead of having games end in a tie after they have overtime, have a, a field goal contest then and have a field goal kicker, you know, line up. You say each field goal kicker gets a shot from, say, the 40, and you can have a rush like a normal field goal and then and win a game that way. If you're going to if the if the World Cup can be decided by an individual one-on-one between a player and the the goalie. You call them goalies or goalkeepers? Uh either one, I say goalie, just yeah. like hockey, but no, I'm with you. And then and then and let the and in, in in the NFL and college whatever, you know. Of course college has a different system, but the NFL they do have their overtime which Sometimes it ends. Most of the times, it ends up with a winner, but if not, just have a a, a kicking contest. Let the field goal guys settle it. I'd love that, and maybe you back it up each time. Yeah, you start yeah, you with back a it up. Then mm-hmm. a forty, then a forty-five. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, college is kind of doing a variant of that. I know you're specifically saying NFL, but now doing what is it? Starting in the third overtime, it's just you're not even lining up to try to score. It's just back-to-back two-point conversions. It's just nothing but two-point conversions over and over and over. That's what college football does now, starting in the third. Over, yeah, I think so. you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe this was the first season they did. Or that. is it? Wait a minute. The first two overtimes are just regular field goal or no, 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 touchdown. No, no, no. But starting in the third overtime, there is no lining up for four downs from the twenty-five. It's just you line up at the two and a half and you do a two-point and just conversion, do the two-point conversion. Then the other team comes out and goes for a two-point conversion, and then you just keep going and going. Okay. I haven't seen a game go that far this year. Have they had one go that far this year? They did. And it, I, I want to say Miami was one of the teams, but it was weird because it went to like six overtimes, but the mm-hmm. final score was 
19 to 16 or something ridiculous. Because they couldn't score. They just, neither team could score. Yeah. Uh, We got recruiting coming up after Dr. Jerry Brown. Uh, Let's go to Bruce out in uh, Missouri, where I bet you it's really, really cold. Bruce, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Not cold uh, yet. Thursday, Mm. we're going to be a high of seven degrees, and tonight it's going to be five, minus five. Friday, we'll get to two degrees high, and uh, I think it's going to be five degrees, minus five degrees Friday night. Then Saturday, it's going to warm up to seven degrees. Mm. And then uh, we're supposed to be, you know, after after uh, Saturday, I don't know what's going to happen. Bruce, I anyway. blame Phil. He he was in Chicago and he brought back that uh that cold with him. Mm. <laughs> well, they say Chicago. That's going to get the same thing that's hitting you. Of course, is going to make its way to Chicago. I was listening right. to the forecast there, and they were saying get out of town by Thursday because it's going to be nasty Bad. up there Thursday. Yeah. Anyway, it's coming. Yeah. And um, they've had weather like that here, but not often. You know, that's what. Oh, I've sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, and listening to what was going on with all the bowls and the, you know, guys opting out of the team, you know, and it's just getting to be, um, really helter skelter with, um, teammanship. There's no teammanship. It's all me. And, um, and it brought me, brought back the thought of what they did at, at North Carolina with the, the players just went up to the secretary of state's, uh, I mean, the secretary of the uh, curriculum of the African-American curriculum and, and just sign a, a piece of paper uh they didn't have any thesis they had to write or go to class or anything uh it was all about the money and the, and the player uh, the, the uh, university was making money off the player being on the field and uh, it's all money thing and do you know if uh paige becker is the highest paid uh college uh, player still because she's making a million dollars yeah she's making a bunch is. isn't she making a bu- and she's out this year isn't she didn't she get hurt? She's sitting on the bench. Yeah, she yeah, got she hurt. Got she got hurt. ACL. Operation. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, she was getting paid a million dollars by Ga- uh, Gatorade. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, all about the money. I, I, it's it, just getting really scandalous, you know, and um, it's, it's just a bad situation. Well, like look, I, again, you know, at some point, people like you and me, we got to get over it. <laughs> no, I mean, we got to get over it. People like you no, and me. Yes, yeah, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I got to get over it. You got to get over it. Um, it's been changed. Uh, it, 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 the courts, you know, started the ball rolling on this thing. Well, I mean, the NCAA created its own problem, you know. Right. NCAA created its own problem by being so heavy-handed for 50, 60 years and being stupid and being greedy. And uh, they went way, way, way too far. And, you know, the court stepped in now and they created this Pandora's box to those of us on the outside, to those on the inside. It's a great thing. And people like us, we got to get over it and quit crying about it. One day we will. Be right back. Ah, kind of a theme song for the state of South Carolina and why not? We got something to shout about tonight, thanks to the Sand Lappers, led by Coach Jerry Brown, the South Carolina Shrine Bowl team, up in Spartanburg on Saturday with the win over North Carolina, taking care of business 17-13. to 13. We welcome in 
head coach of the Sand Lepers, head coach at Berkeley High School. Coach Jerry Brown, back to Sports Talk once again. And uh, we tip our cap to you, sir. Congratulations. Job well done. Thanks, sir. It was a good team effort and good way to cap off a nice week. Absolutely. Uh, what was your feeling going into the game based on what you saw in practice? How did you feel this team would play? I thought we could, uh, you know, throw the skill guys pretty well, you know, short and long some. I felt confident, like I said, in both quarterbacks. And, again, I felt good about the running game. We ran the inside zone pretty well all night, and that's what we worked on mainly and made sure we could do it, at least that as far as uh, controlling the line of scrimmage on the, on the run game. Well, you you did a pretty good job uh, defensively uh, overall. I mean, North Carolina only had 182 yards on 57 carries. So, uh, overall, your defense did a heck of a job. Uh, What did you see from the defensive standpoint uh, with your coaches over there working with the defense? What kind of things did they they do that that led to that performance? Well, I hope they really uh, shut them down, but then they let them back in the game. Uh, sometimes through uh, loss of composure and just, uh, you know, jumping off sides. The first score they had really, uh, I thought, to put them ahead at halftime, we really uh, made them, you know, easy for them to score. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had uh, continued their drive. We have several times uh, third down in significant yardage, but uh, then moved before the snap, and they just drew us off side. And then again in the uh, fourth quarter, you know, we uh, let our temper get the best of us and lost control again and really led to uh, lead to their led to their second score also. But I thought the defense shut them down but then kind of let them back in the game through uh, some, some, some not-so-good penalties. Yeah. Well, you had to be pleased with that final drive because you, you've got a, a one-score lead, 17-13. Uh, you stop the Tar Heels. They punt. I'm sure they were thinking, get a stop, get the ball back. You took over at your own 29, and uh, you ran out the clock. They never got the ball back. And uh, what, what were you – obviously you were thinking ground game, move the chains, eat up the clock. What did you say to your guys on that last possession? Well, like I said, we had the uh, inside zone down pretty pat. They were forced. They couldn't do but one defense, so we were able to kind of do that with either the quarterback keeping it or either running back. Uh, Green taking the ball, and he's very good at reading that zone play. So, again, uh, we just kind of grounded out to him. What would you think of uh, Sellers was your quarterback there, uh, looks like, for the the better part of the second half, uh, especially there in the fourth quarter. The way he ran the offense and the the way Green ran the ball in that last possession, in particular to to run out the clock, what did you think of that combination? Again, that that was a winning combination for us because uh, they kind of unstoppable, and I think they're going to be very good at the next level. Also, doing the same thing. Plus, the offensive line, like I said, I thought their pass detection was real good, and they, uh, like I said, the running play uh, that we had with inside zone was mighty good to us too. Yeah. So, can you tell us kind of what it was like when you met with the guys at the very end, that last conversation with them? Uh, you know, after getting the win, we all, you all know how important it is to the fans in South Carolina for the Sand Lappers to win that game. It's just just one of those things that uh, we kind of cherish here in South Carolina. What was the meeting like with the guys' conversation you had with them as they went all, went off their separate ways? 
Well, they were they were definitely uh, happy, and like I said, a lot of people had cameras, and they weren't going to turn those opportunities down to get in front of a camera. So hmm. didn't have very long with them. But I just personally, uh, I the game was about them. But personally, it allowed me to go out with a three and zero record against North Carolina, and that was very pleasing for me too. I was going to say, yeah, great success for you as a player, assistant coach, and and head coach. What does it mean to you besides the three and zero, having been involved with the game though three times? Uh, and knowing what the game means besides football, what do you take away from it now at this stage of your career? Well, again, for me, it was payback. They took away my playing career, so I kind of got them back on the other end of it, my coaching career. And we had, you know, a great game in 2000. We set a lot of records, beating them 66-14. And this game was a equally good coming out of the three, three-year fall, fall kind of deal. Uh, I thought it was real good. Well, well now – give us some details on that when you say they took away your playing career. What happened there? Uh, 1967 is a cheap shot. I heard the whistle, then I felt the lick, and I was about 20 yards from the ball. Of course, it was just personal foul, but they, they completely tore my knee up, and that was it. I, I went from being the, recruited by Carolina Clemson Division One to not even play, being able to play football again. So I thought I was going to be a, a player, but God wanted me to be the coach, so that's the way I went. Wow, I did not know that story. I didn't realize you got hurt in the Shrine Bowl, and that in, that was your last game. Correct. Wow. Correct. And that and you held it against him this whole time. <laughs> uh, God, God says, uh, you know, uh, getting back is his job. So, again, uh, I allowed him to do what he wanted to do through me. There you go. Talking with Jerry Brown, are you going back to Berkeley? Are you going to coach another season? Sure. Well, I always tell people uh, I'm so beat up at the end of the year. This this time of year, I'll let you know in February is what I've been telling everybody for the last 10 years, but uh, I need to recuperate some and get, get back in shape and uh, hopefully be able to you know continue to uh, help my young men. There you go. Does a, does a week like this uh, and, and a win like this maybe um, – I know you're tired because it's been a long season from your own team and and you're, and you're, you're doubled up preparing for the Shrine Bowl while – coaching your own team at Berkeley, but maybe this week and getting a W, does it maybe re-energize you a little bit and uh, and get you a little more pumped up for 23? Well, absolutely. It's one of the few ways you have, of, unless you're going to win all the way through or win the last game, but going out a winner for the season. At the same time, the, uh, the players really enjoy the week, knowing one another, and they took away some good memories. And the same thing with the coaching staff. You have really a close-knit coaching staff by the end of the week, and that's some some great times. All the coaches said how much it meant to them just to be able to have a relationship in the week together, um, away from school, nothing to worry about with school. And you get real close to those coaches, and that's a lifetime of memories also. Absolutely. What was it like for you guys uh, practicing and playing at Spartanburg High School first time at that the venue at that new place? It was great because the head coach of Spartanburg, uh, Mark Hodge, was on our staff. And not only did he do a wonderful job on defense, but we also had the home locker room, and he had a lot of nice things for us in there, and uh, it just made it a lot easier. But uh, I had a wonderful staff this year. Uh, coach Fleming from uh, Broome also did the offense for us, and uh, that's really one of the first games I've ever been able to be a real head coach before my whole career. I've always been able to to have to look at both sides of the ball or at least coordinate the offense. And for me to be able to sit back and just enjoy the game was uh, interesting. Yeah. 
Let's mention your assistants, uh, Glenn Darby from Lake Marion. You mentioned Lynn Fleming from Broome, Brian Lane from Clover. You mentioned uh, Mark Hodge from Spartanburg, Mitch Moten from Lower Richland, and John Moorfield from York. So congratulations to your entire staff. Who are you passing the baton on to? Who's the head coach for next year? I don't know. I haven't heard. Uh, actually, a lot of times I'm the last one to hear that. <laughs> well, I thought, you know, in the past they've announced it like at the game who the next guy's going to be, but they didn't do that, huh? They've done that before, and they also do it at the uh, February coaching clinic. So uh, I don't, evidently that's what they're going to do this year. Okay, very good. How'd you feel about the way, uh, you know, the Shrine Bowl had been away for a couple of years, COVID, and then they, you know, passed on last year as well, so they brought it back this year. What does it look like from where you sit, uh, the future for the for the game? Uh, in the upstate, maybe, or somewhere else, Myrtle Beach, or what do you think is going to happen? I think it'll it'll continue to uh, to grow, and uh, like I said, it was tough going two years without it, and it's just you know, something in motion tends to stay in motion. Something at rest takes a lot of energy, and it took a lot of energy for the Shriners to pull this off this year. Kind of like starting all over is what one of them told me. But anyway, uh, they did did the work and got it back in, and they were they were a very good group to work for. Last thing, we'll let you go. Um, you know, throughout the uh, spring and summer now in South Carolina, uh, there are these combines that are being used to uh, identify uh, players uh, for both the Touchstone Energy Bowl and and the Shrine Bowl, how helpful are those combines? I think there's like maybe four of them across the state, three or four across the state. How helpful is that for the coaching staffs? Well, the Coaches Association, I think, did three, and then we only did one Shrine Bowl combine. The problem with that is we didn't have many of the players there that we wanted to see in our one, but at the same time, they were in one of the three probably the coaches had. So we got statistics as far as height, weight, and 40-yard dash on them. But then we didn't get to see a lot of them eye to eye because there were four of them across the state going on at different times. But uh, that's just a tough thing to be able to eyeball them and get to see them uh, uh, with, with only having one. Uh, it's the only one we had after they had other three with the Coaches Association. Would you like to see more dedicated just to the Shrine Bowl? I think probably two just dedicated to the Shrine Bowl uh, would be probably better for the coaches to be able to get an eye on them and see what, see the players firsthand. Yeah. Well, we congratulate you and the staff and the team once again. Uh, great job. People of South Carolina proud of the, of the Sand Lappers, uh, especially when they win. I accept them when they lose, but they're very proud when they win, of course. And it's a great W. South Carolina continues to uh, to lead that series against North Carolina, so that's something to feel great about. And coach, have yourself a great holiday. Uh, get yourself some rest. Enjoy everything, and we'll talk to you again next football season. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Coach Jerry Brown, Dr. Dr. Jerry Brown, and appreciate him. I learned something new from him every time we talk to him, and I've probably talked to him 50 times over the years about a number of different things. I learned something new. I didn't realize that his career ended in the Shrine Bowl, you know? i tell you who else had a career. It didn't end his career, and I'm going to have to struggle here for the name for a moment. It'll come to me. It didn't end his career, but it changed the direction of his career, and it was the Mr. Football winner that year from Goose Creek. Somebody will help me out here. And he went to Georgia. He committed to Georgia. Um, he was a terrific player. 
and it was a Tramel Terry, Tramel Terry, and it was the opening game of the opening game it was the opening kickoff of the Shrine Bowl his senior year, and he was back on kickoff return, and he got hit, and I think his knee his leg planted, uh, and he got hit and uh, tore up his knee, and he was never. He never really uh, got a chance coming off of that. He went to Georgia, you know, tried to make it happen. But um, you never really – I don't think he ever really recovered from that that knee injury. So, hey, it's football, and we appreciate the coaches and players who give their, their time and efforts for the Touchstone Energy Bowl and the Shrine Bowl. You know, you don't want to see an injury happen anywhere. But football players love playing football, and football coaches love coaching football and um, you know you don't want to run away from it because of the the fear of injury and that sort of thing you get out there and play and do your best try and come home a winner and hope everything goes well we congratulate the sandlappers once again all right we'll hit the break here on sports talk on the other side give you the uh, wrap up on recruiting from over the weekend and set the stage for what is uh, ahead for us uh, tomorrow night here on sports talk which is a kind of a talking Tuesday because we've got a media session with uh, the remaining South Carolina football players or some of them <laughs> number of them have departed some who are left are going to meet with the media tomorrow and we'll have that covered for you we're back after this break Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Join the Trailblaze Challenge, the endurance hike program where big hearts come together for big steps to create hope for local wish families through Make-A-Wish South Carolina. This spring, take part in a new journey on the Palmetto Trail. From sunrise on the highest peak in South Carolina to the coastal marshes of the Lowcountry, hikers of all levels can support critically ill children, enjoy and explore the outdoors, and build South Carolina pride and community through an all-inclusive hike experience. Visit sctrailblazechallenge.org to learn how to get started. That's sctrailblazechallenge.org. I get it. I get it. Okay. There's his theme song. Your new running, your new Gamecock running back. Yeah. There's his theme song. They should play that when he comes running out the tunnel, huh? Mario, Super Mario. If you missed us, uh, missed it earlier in the show, we had Mario Anderson Jr. 
transferring from Newberry to USC on with us. We're having a little fun at the expense of his name there. All right, time for recruiting here on Sports Talk. It is brought to you by C. Wells and, um, hey, the Daily Luncheon Buffet ongoing this week until Thursday. I think Thursday is the last day this week, the twenty second. Wednesday, they will be closed both Thursday and Friday for the holidays. Okay, um, okay, yeah, they're closed twenty second, twenty third. So through Wednesday, so take advantage of the uh, opportunity to get to Sea Wells, enjoy a a tremendous, delicious lunch buffet for only thirteen dollars, and always think about Sea Wells when you need the very best in the catering business. That is Sea Wells, none other than Sea Wells at eight zero three seven seven one seven three eight five online at sewellscateringsc.com. So at one point, the Gamecocks had seven commitment alerts hanging out there. Eventually, as some players came forward, as you know, just to recap, one transfer center, Nick Gargiulo, 6'5", 290 from Yale, captain of the team, first, uh, <coughs> excuse me, first team all Ivy League, helped lead his team to an Ivy League championship, Played in 25 games in his career. Was named to the New England Football Riders All-New England team. And, of course, his coach there, Coach Reno, his son, Dante Reno, is committed to the Gamecocks for the 24 class right now. Of course, you heard Mario Anderson Jr., 5'10", make that 5'11", 215. 1,500 yards plus last season, 19 touchdowns, averaged over seven yards a carry. Receiver corner Tyshawn Russell, 6'2", 185, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Coming off a state championship win, 57 catches, 1,213 yards, and 18 touchdowns this season. Also had two picks on um, defense. And the uh, the fourth one for the Gamecocks, the uh, tight end, Florida transfer, Nick Elksness, 6'6", 243. Uh, appeared in nine games over two seasons. He was basically a backup special teams guy, and he'll have a chance to uh, improve on that at South Carolina. All right. South Florence quarterback Lenora Sellers told us uh, last night that he had no visits over the weekend from anybody. He did talk with several USC coaches, Sell and Tex, on Saturday. Also talked with Syracuse during the week. He plans to sign Wednesday morning, but not announce until a ceremony at his school Friday at 11.30. He put the strength of his Syracuse commitment at between a 6 and a 7 as of yesterday. Former Clemson receiver Dakari Collins is transferring to North Carolina State. Former Clemson corner Fred Davis to UCF. Former Clemson linebacker Levanta Bentley to Colorado. USC commitment safety Vicari Swain took an official to Colorado over the weekend. He was offered last week by Deion Sanders. Former Coastal offensive lineman Willie Lampkin to North Carolina and former Coastal defensive end Josiah Stewart to Michigan. Former Dutch Fork receiver and Charlotte transfer Elijah Spencer to Minnesota. Former USC safety Shiloh Sanders transferring again, this time away from Jackson State. Probably headed to Colorado with his brother, the quarterback, and his father, the coach. USC made the top 13 with 2024 defensive back Tyson White of Buford, Georgia. The others on his new short list, Florida, Florida State, 
Michigan State, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Virginia Tech, Colorado. You're going to hear a lot of Colorado in the next year. Texas, Auburn, North Carolina, Michigan, and Tennessee. And let's see. By the way, going back to Lenora Sellers, um, he talked about um, being around a lot of Gamecock commitments at the Shrine Bowl, and they were on him quite a bit about South Carolina. And he talked a lot with um, Dowell Loggins, who was telling him about his experience with other quarterbacks and what he learned from other quarterbacks and uh, things that he will teach his quarterbacks at South Carolina. So, again, he's thinking about all these things. What a season he had. 4,286 total yards and 67 touchdowns, 45 of them through the air. Gamecock target linebacker Cameron Robinson. He's going to sign at 6 o'clock, at least the public signing. Again, you know, schools want you to sign first thing in the morning. He visited USC over the weekend, but he's been committed to Virginia. In his tweet today, he was in a Virginia uniform. So I don't know if that's a telltale sign or he's just playing with everybody. We shall see. USC offered 2024 receiver Parker Livingstone, 25 receiver Dalen McCutcheon, 23 offensive tackle Campbell Vandiver. He's from Nashville. He's 6'8", 275. And the Gamecocks also have an offer out today to Devon Mitchell. He's a tight end, and he is from Allen, Texas. He's 6'4", 230, and he's out of Allen, Texas. And got to believe he's in the 2024 class, I would think. And also the Gamecocks are in the top 12. With wide receiver Kalen Adams of Virginia Beach, the others are Florida State, North Carolina, Miami, Penn State, East Carolina, Virginia Tech, Michigan State, Pitt, Ole Miss, Duke, and West Virginia. So for now, that is what we've got in recruiting. Of course, we're keeping an eye on everything, and you can keep an eye on our stuff on our website, sportstalksc.com, and on Twitter, use the hashtag STRecruiting to take you right to our stuff. National Signing Day will be here uh, Monday, Wednesday. What is today? It will be here Wednesday, and we'll be up early Wednesday. Watch. Yeah, things have changed now. Basically, you sit back and you wait for the schools to uh, tweet out their signees because they do it so quickly. The signees send in their – do they still fax? I don't know if they still fax or it's all digital. But anyway, they send in whatever it is they send in, how they send it in, and the schools uh, tweet it out. And then we just retweet or put out our own tweets once the schools have confirmed the signing. So that's a lot simpler. Uh, again, it looks like Clemson is pretty um, uh, pretty much set with its class. The Gamecocks uh, have a little bit of drama going into Wednesday, like with uh, Lenore Sellers. Um, they had the tight end in for an official visit this past weekend from Texas, who remains um, – well, he's been committed to he's been committed to Miami, but he visited South Carolina uh, over the weekend, and uh, they'll have a chance off that visit. I would think they will have a chance with him, and that is um, uh, where is he? Um, what's his name? Well, they had uh, Trey Knox in the tight end transfer from Arkansas, and and that would be a possibility for South Carolina still, and. Um, you know, they're really they are really loading up on uh, 
tight end possibilities uh, for the Gamecocks this year. Um, what is that tight end's name? Give me a second here before we sign off. My goal. While you're looking for that, Oluwatosin Bobolade did not make his announcement tonight, but said he will be making one tomorrow. Well, he's going to make an announcement tomorrow. Okay. Well, I'll find this guy's name by tomorrow night and have it for you then. Otherwise, have a great night, and we'll see you tomorrow here on Sports Talk. Uh-huh.